0: Miller and Condon. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three KXNO. All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller. For the next couple of hours, talking sports with you. Appreciate you uh, tuning in for uh, a portion of it at least. Hope you can stick with us until the very end. BMW Des Moines guest list is shaping up like this. We will begin with Big 12 conversation at the bottom of the hour. Pete Mundo, he owns Heartland College Sports a terrific resource when it comes to the Big 12. We will take a look-see at the uh, Big 12 with Pete Mundo coming up here at 11.30. Is there or is there not expansion on the horizon? We'll get into that Um, and other topics as we inch our way to college football. That's coming up at 11.30. At 12.05, Rob Doster from the Field of 68. We threatened yesterday to talk college basketball in the middle of June, a little bit past the middle of June, and by gosh, we're going to do it. Doster last night did you see the tweet that he retweeted last night? Uh, about the bowling, bowling coach? <laughs> Did you Holy see crap. Well, the story itself is just bananas. Yes. Um, but have you seen how many people have impressions, I guess
1: it is, on Doster's tweet? Over just under 3 million people. Uh, as I look at it right now, 4.7 million impressions. Doster. About, if you miss this story, it is, we'll get to it after the guest list, because it is <laughs> as wild of a coaching yeah. story, as yeah. you're going to find.
0: And of all sports, bowling, bowling. Uh, uh, college bowling. Uh, we'll do, Doster would, we'll thank him for tweeting yes. that or retweeting it, I guess, but obviously going to talk a lot of college basketball. Look forward to doing so. You know, one of the stories that I think it's almost time we get a, a doctor on here, um, not a pediatrician, but a, uh, a normal practicing doctor. So um, Jefferson from the Vikings. Mm hmm. He's no longer 6'1, he's 6'5. Right. Um, Riley Mulvey is no longer seven foot, or he's now seven three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hunter Dickinson left Michigan at seven foot one in the last three weeks in Lawrence. He's now up to seven foot four.
1: I, I mean, is there still hope for us, I guess? Well, I would hope so because <laughs> I need everything I could get. And I mean, you're not exactly a behemoth of a man. No, I'm there.
0: going the other way. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> I'm going to guess we're past. I don't think our growth plates are open anymore. No, but I think we're in some trouble. I, I get I, I'm with you, Trent, but I thought everybody's were,
0: you know, I've never heard of this before.
1: Well, I asked this question. So, as we've talked about before, two of my best friends, their son, committed to Iowa a couple yeah, of months ago in yeah, Brevin Dahl. Yeah. And Brevin's dad, Adam, is 6'5. Mm-hmm. Brevin's like six foot. And he was over at an appointment and asked his mom, Shanlin. I said, Hey, did you happen to ask about the growth plates? And they said, Yeah. And they said, They're still wide open. Huh. Now, for a kid like that, you get to 6'5, probably not many 6'5 running backs running around
0: no. at the collegiate level. Who but was the tallest running back you can. Could... Eric Dickerson ran upward. upright, yeah. Yeah. which made him upright. look taller he did. than he was. Boy, he was fun to watch. He was an absolute Oh, my star. gosh. Saw him in person in Phoenix. Um, was Jim Brown like 6'2"? You know, I
1: don't recall that, Trent. It seems like he's... No, he was just big. Right. And so much... Yep. He was so thick that yep. maybe it made him look taller than he was. But can you think mm. of a 6'3 running back even? I certainly can. <sighs>
0: Not off off the top of my head. I'm sure there has been... But not very many, anyways. Um, yeah, you don't see so many six foot five running backs running around. No doubt about that. But the growth play thing, the growth thing is one of the stories for the
1: summer. We got to go back a ways. Jim Where, Brown was six two, I Was had he? That. Well done. John Riggins, also six two. Huh. You're going to have to help me here. Okay. Burt Cohen. Don't remember him. He was six five. When did he play? He looks old. Okay. <laughs> uh, RJ Brandon, a recent guy. Yeah, I don't remember him. Don't remember him. James Devlin, he was a fullback. I mean, he, he was He was at Tampa, yeah, in uh, New England for a while. But recent Adrian Peterson in recent history is the tallest at six one. So full circle, Robin Dahl might be targeted for tight end, wide yeah, receiver, right. outside linebacker. Something like that. But growth plate's wide open. And apparently, for a lot of other dudes, that is it's, the
0: case, it's too. has been amazing. It's, it's, there's not a day go by. And I don't know why this story just sticks with me. But um, it's just because it's unheard of, I guess. Yeah. And Cappy will join us at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk about the White Sox. We will talk about the Cubs. Uh, Cubs will be playing when we get the Cappy. I think their first pitch is, what, coming up here just before noon?
1: Yes, part of uh, my picks of the day we got a couple Uh, of early ones for the early birds. Yeah, we can uh, throw a couple of bonus picks here. Who pitches for the Cubs today? Hendricks. Okay. Uh, He will go up against Rich Hill. Oh, that's right. 43-year-old Rich Hill. You know who I'm on? Uh, Hopefully Hendricks. I'm on Hendricks. (laughs) Yeah. I'm on the Hendricks, and I'm going right back to the well again with the Orioles, whose first pitch is four minutes away. So if you want to jump aboard, 3-1 on Monday. Four and one yesterday. Nice, well done. Who did who did you
0: lose to yesterday?
1: Uh, what was it yesterday? Let's pull it up. Four and one yesterday. Yesterday's results. Oh, the Marlins. Well, I watched oh, the Jays. Yeah. yeah, that game was close. It was it was zip zip. I think into the eighth or seventh. It was yeah. It was and really good pitching performance on both sides. I will tell you. We uh, talked a little bit. I wanted to watch that game just because I wanted to see the Perez kid. Did you watch much of it last night? I didn't watch
0: any of it. I can't watch the Jays. It just pisses me (laughs) off. Just that much. I don't want to do that to myself.
1: So, Yuri Perez, another one of the prize Marlins prospects that's Uh come up. He has made eight starts now. His number's eight starts in. Eight starts to his major league career. Yeah. A 1.54 ERA. He struck out 45 in forty one innings pitched. 14 walks. A 4-1 record. Has given up seven earned runs. And eight starts. Jeez, he is tall. He's like, and still growing. <laughs> <laughs> his growth plates might be open too. Yeah. He's six eight, piss skinny, but he, because of that height, I mean, it's, you know, the crafty guys. You know, the we always think crafty left-handers, right? Mm-hmm. That's, but he's crafty because of that size. It's hard to pick up where the ball comes from. He's he was really impressive. Since in the mid nineties, you know, he can pump it up there, ninety eight, ninety nine at times, but. He's consistent, 95, 96. Another weapon for the Marlins. This Trent, Marlins I did something
0: good. for the first time. Our, we're going to tape our MediaCom show when we get off the air here uh-huh. today, and part of it is always our power rankings. Right. And we've been doing this. I think this is our third year of this. Yeah. Third year on on MediaCom. Um, this will be the first time Marlins have ever made mine. You have to put them in. I mean, yes. Try to go through the go through the National League. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll give you the Braves. I will give you the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers and maybe the Giants.
1: Came down to Cincinnati or the or the Marlins for me as that other team. So the way that I do it, if there was a series coming up this weekend, you know, kind of how I see it overall, just not how well they're playing. It's a totality type of mm-hmm. thing. So this week for the first time, the Astros are not in my top five of the American League. They're not. And the Dodgers are not in the top five of the National League. Really? I got Braves who are red hot there. Sure. Yeah. Diamondbacks stay at two. They've I been agree. there the last couple of weeks Should from be there. Me. Yeah. I had to put the Giants at three. Yeah, the way they're playing. The Marlins at four. Uh-huh. And the Cincinnati Reds at five. Yeah. Sorry, Dodgers. You're out. Astros, no. I got the Rays, Rangers, Orioles, Angels, and the Red Sox. See, I didn't put the
0: Red Sox in. Playing well. Yeah, I didn't put them in. Well, they're playing the Twins. Everybody plays well when they play the <laughs> they Twins. They were playing
1: well before they played the <laughs> Twins, too. Oh,
0: uh, my gosh. Our teams, man. I don't know how you do that to yourself. Oh,
1: it's... It's just background noise at this point, mm-hmm. and,
0: and the frustrations. Trent, and- something needs to happen. Something needs to happen to that team. It it needs an attitude adjustment, and they they can't get rid of the, all of the players. They maybe can designate one for assignment. Who would that be? Kepler. Max,
1: Max Kepler. Yeah, he sucks. He's awful. Uh huh. And he's been awful now for years. Oh, the shift is going to help him out. Teams can't shift Mm -hmm. against him. Mm -hmm. Guess what? When you hit a slow roller to second base every single time, they still can get that one, even if they have a short guy in right field. Mm -hmm. And he has been brutal. Over the last 162 games, he's batting 190. Jeez,
0: that's pathetic. It's awful. It's a major leaguer. Yeah. Uh, Not good. Meanwhile, the Cincinnati Reds, the beat (laughs) goes on. I'm very happy for, for kids, for guys, for girls that are born in the 60s. Late 60s, remember the first team was the big red machine in yep. the 70s. Hasn't been the best of times to be a Reds fan, particularly lately. You've had some moments, clearly.
1: My buddy Steeler Jim, also a Reds fan.
0: And Steeler Jim is probably a little bit younger than me, so fits yep. right in that demographic.
1: And there are a ton of them. And people of that age range, just a little bit older than me. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a lot of, of the random kind of fan bases. A lot of Mets fans in my life. Because you think of the mid eighties oh sure, the six Mets, how fun that that team oh, was my. on top of it, I mean that was an easy team for a lot of people to jump aboard, so a right. lot more Mets fans, kind of my demographic there
0: is think. that might be the team in the in the I'm painting with a pretty pride brush here. Uh I get it. But this might be the team team in all of sports that benefits most from from being in the 80s in the era of non-cell phones, no internet. I mean, can you imagine Strawberry and Gooden and and these cats running around in in New York City back in
1: that era? My God. Back to our running back conversation. Yeah. Somebody helped us out on Twitter. Uh, Thanks to Nathan Katzer. Current tall running backs. Uh-huh. Derrick Henry, 63. Okay. Eddie George, forgot about that yeah, one. Yeah, Eddie George was 62, 63 is what he was listed at. And Brandon Jacobs was 64, and I did remember that. I mean, he was also a hulk of a man. Giants, yeah. Yeah. Huh. 64. So there are a few more recent ones, but not a ton. No. And those guys Derrick are Henry, that's a good one. Boy yes. boy, he's he's unstoppable, right? Un- oh, absolutely. When are the unstoppable. wheels going to fall off though ultimately, you know? Well, they haven't yet. Haven't yet. Happens quickly though mm-hmm. at running back, and we see that. And I think of the guys at running backs that are still out there. It's not just Dalvin Cook. Hunt doesn't have a home.
0: No, Fournette does he have a Four, home? Fournette does not no. have a
1: home. There are impactful uh-huh. guys that still have something in the tank. You know, we joke about Leonard Fournette and playoff Leonard and those kind right, of things right. because well, when he's healthy at the end of the year, what he can be and what he did at Tampa a couple of years back. But you know those. Cream Hunt's one of the top twelve running backs in the game. Sure. I think that's fair to say. Dalvin Cook gi- certainly top five. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think so. And they don't. It, can you
0: imagine but the Giants this conversation? want to resign Shaquan Barkley for crying right, out loud? Yeah. Do you think they've got buyers' remorse or pickers' remorse
1: where they picked him? Was he third overall? Second. Second. Yeah. And this conversation, it's not. Two old guys on the radio. That's what we do 11 to well, 1. We,
0: we are two old guys on the radio. <laughs> that's,
1: we do do that. And right. That's not back in our day, you know, talking about the 70s But our 80s.
0: audience is a little bit older we than do I think everybody old. else. Yes, yeah. we do. We do skew and older. And that's a badge of
1: honor. Yes, absolutely. Glad you're with us. Yes, very happy about that. The But this conversation is not just old. Imagine having this conversation seven, eight years mm-hmm. ago even. Just how different football mm-hmm. is. And the NFL and seemingly every team now going all in. Don't need a running back. No. We can find them. Right. Unless you have a particular skill set. Yeah. And you saw what Detroit did with the kid out of Alabama. Unless you have something that is different, we're going to have two, three, four mm-hmm. running backs. But I gotta have defense. a five foot
0: seven, five foot eight, two hundred and twenty
1: pound running back.
0: Scat back. Yes, that's what you need. Yes. I mean Sproles. Catch the ball out of the back. Sprouls was ahead of his time. Oh,
1: yeah. Imagine him in today's oh, environment? Oh my gosh, he was a hell of a player. He played a long time. He had caught two hundred balls. Yeah, might have, might have, might have. Like a LaDainian Tomlinson even in today's environment. Oh God, what a
0: player he was, right? Jesus, he was good.
1: I bet you bet on him too, right? Oh,
0: well, it wasn't (laughs) legal back then, but I would have. Yeah, you know who I want to get on, and I can't. I'm sunk, I'm sunk. Uh Uh-oh. The Padres are sunk. Padres, there's something wrong with this team. Credit to the Giants for coming back, back back-to-back nights and beating them. Mm -hmm. Padres had them beat. I mean, Padres are looking up at three teams ahead of them. Three teams are above them in the standings.
1: That's asking a lot. So I looked at this last night, and speaking of the Padres, and I kind of wondered, well, how far are they out in the wild card? They're still five games back of the wild card. And how many teams? How
0: many card. teams would have to leap? Look, again, it. it's not even the All Star break it's yet. Not.
1: Brewers, Phillies, Cubs—all in well, the Cubs are tied with them. Pirates are a half game back. Mets are a game back of the Padres, but mm-hmm. it's a long rip. So here is today on June the 21st, summer solstice. There's a good Maybe check-in the for first it, right? day of
0: summer. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that.
1: Here it is. This is what your playoff matchups would be. In the National League, the Braves, the number one seed. Mm -hmm. The Diamondbacks, the two seed. Tough, tough, tough. Reds as the division winner, your three seed. They get the Dodgers coming to town for the three game set. Marlins hosts the Giants in the other wild card round game. In the American League, Rays, number one seed. Rangers are the two seed. The Twins as the winner of the worst division. Good God. In baseball history? It needs to be. Yeah. Well, trending in that direction. They would
0: host the They're Angels. not winning the division, Trent. They're not going to win the division. I don't know who's going to. If they keep playing like this, if they keep struggling to hit the baseball, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's got to catch up with them, right? Somebody's going to get hot. I wonder if the play at the plate will kickstart the White Sox when we look back at it. <laughs> You're
1: looking for something. Well, strong. I am. I, I am, but it just this division is just so putrid. It is. I want to see Detroit win it. Before Do we get the Reds? Yeah, why not? Give them something. Mm-hmm. If they're going to have a crappy division, how about have a crappy team win it? Just Yeah. And the Royals have sunk themselves so far back that even in this awful division, they don't have a chance there. And it would be Orioles-Yankees, by the way, in that other series. Ooh. Royals are 15 and a half games back. You bet they're over. <laughs> well, again. <laughs> so, back to my twins. Yeah. And the frustrations that continue to grow. I, I, that was one thing I had in my notes for yesterday and didn't pop up, but... The Boobirds at Target Field and they were out again last night. For who? Everybody. Really? Just the team in general. Yeah. And at the end of the game Monday night, I was shocked. Nice Minnesotans. Right? <laughs> right. Upper Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good people. Crust of the earth. Yeah. 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 Just yeah. good, hard working yeah. Minnesota. Very polite. Minnesota. Right. They were booing. They should be. It was loud. At the end of the game, where of the twenty five thousand people that are there. How many were there? Ten thousand maybe left, but the ones that stuck around to the end, let them they know. They let it be known, and mm-hmm. you heard that last night. It is getting ugly up there. Do you push the button on Rocco? So yesterday when we, who uh, do you bring in if you do right? And that's a problem. Dame Mazitani. We talked to him yesterday, and I brought up Valvy and Levine. They've been there seven years, yeah. And Patrick Roycey. One of both of our favorites. Terrific writer. He is incredible. Yeah, He is an old curmudgeon. He's an unbelievable curmudgeon, yes. (laughs) Yes. He is is
0: just angry. Get off my lawn, if there ever Uh was a columnist (laughs) uh, that fits that mantra. It is Patrick Royce, and he's talented.
1: No country for old men. Right. Right. Yep. That gif, that is Patrick Royce to a T. And he went through and talked about what this regime has done. Coming off a historic year. This was in
0: yesterday's uh, Star yesterday's Tribune?
1: Star Tribune, after a historic twenty nineteen. That was Warren. a really good paper, by the way. Yes, it was. Who was the who guy starts?
0: that's now doing afternoon drive with KFan? He was uh, Barrio, 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 Ber- Ber- Dan Barrio. Yes, Barrio. Yes, yeah. of Hartman. Mm-hmm. I mean, legend, right? Uh, Hartman was three times a week on page three, and yeah. I loved his notes column. It was it was a it was appointment. You, you had to read it. But and Roycey was part of that. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: So he goes through and talks about what this front office regime has done. Starting in after 2019, team sets a major league record for home runs. And they go out and but, sign. Uh, an do you a- know what? That, they did do that. They won 101 they? games yes. that year. Of course, we're swept out of the playoffs by the Yankees, yeah, uh-huh, but they did do that. Right. They signed Josh Donaldson. It mm-hmm. was a disaster. Yep. They went out and got Speaking a slugger. Of Blue, be their boo birds are out in massing him in the Yankee <laughs> yes. Stadium. They go out then in 2020, before the world blew up as we do it. Uh-huh. They trade their best arm in the minor leagues, Bruce dard Gradall, who we're oh, seeing geez. just a, an absolute dynamic yep, piece yep. in the bullpen for the Dodgers. Dodgers, yeah. Who do they get for him? Kentamaeda, okay. who, of course, had Tommy John surgery. Yep, yep. Had a great first year yep. in that 2020 year. He was second in the Cy Young that year. Since then, not very good. Continuing on, more from Falvey and Levine. They signed a contract extension in 2021 to Radney Dobnik. The nerd with the glass with the goggles. Yeah, I remember him? He wasn't very good. No, a multi-year contract worth nine point two five, with three options afterwards. Player options? <laughs> yes,
0: lock him up. I'm guessing he's gonna play. he's gonna uh,
1: take that. Of course, he is now a bad pitcher for the Saint Paul Pain- Saints. <laughs> Continuing, Jose Brios. Yeah. Now it hasn't gone great.
0: But he's out there every fifth day. He is. He got clubbed yesterday, uh, two days ago, but he's been he's been better. And they got, the, for him, the Jays' number 1 pick. He was a shortstop from Vanderbilt. I don't even remember his Austin name. Austin Martin. There he is. Is he in the show?
1: No. And he's been injured throughout the whole time. And that was the concern with him. He had a lot yeah. of injury concerns. And guess what? He's been injured. And this is something that will continue. Also got Simeon Woods Richardson, a pitcher. I've heard a lot about him. Mm-hmm. But still haven't seen him. To be seen on that front. So they get of Donaldson. What do they do? They get Gary Sanchez and Grishella. Yeah. Neither guy with the team. Right. And since they left, they've been better with their second teams yeah. after they left Minnesota. Went out and got Sonny Gray. That's A been good. Good one. So far, so good. That's been good. Yep. Credit to Falvey and Levine. Yep. There's one. Doesn't like
0: the way he's being used by his manager and is not shy to let his manager know that he thought he was pulled too soon. A
1: year ago, on the eve of opening day, they trade away their closer, Taylor Rogers and $6 million <laughs> to the Padres... For Chris Paddock, who made six starts mm. and had Tommy John surgery. And Emiliano Pagan, who is bad as Good bad God. as a reliever as anybody. And this is statistically as bad as anybody yeah. in Major League Baseball the last two years. And single-handedly lost the division for them mm-hmm. a year ago. He's pathetic. When the Guardians went running by them. He- and it was of those seven losses in eight games that they played over a two-week stretch, he blew leads in five of them. Brutal. What do they do last year? They go out and get Jorge Lopez from Baltimore. Baltimore was in contention. Mm-hmm. Lopez was dynamic. Mm-hmm. Had an ERA 1.80. He was an all-star. He goes to Minnesota and was brutal. Didn't even pitch at the end of last season. Came up, got off to a good start this year. And now he took a mental health break. Mm-hmm. That is what this front office did. And the biggest one for me is Tyler Malley. They get him from Cincinnati. They trade Spencer Steer. Who is a big part right, of this renaissance? He, he sure is for the Reds. Christian and Carcion Strand, another big piece of the future of the Reds. And what's Tyler Malley doing? He is another one that is rehabbing Tommy John surgery. Jesus, that's what this front office has done.
0: But the uh, in their defense, they can push back. We're in first place.
1: Oh, that guy that's batting four hundred. Well, dropped below after yesterday.
0: Yeah, he's not bad, right? <laughs> you traded Pablo Lopez. Do you know the, who has sir, been
1: adequate. He's been okay. He's
0: fine. He's not an ace. No, he's not a two. They got him. They got him slotted in the three,
1: which is probably where he belongs. Um, I don't know. Felvian Levine. Now, they pushed well. one button, they fired Molitor. They brought in Rocco. Mm-hmm. At this, at point, the beginning, it worked. I think back to the Marlins, and I don't know why that's the one that always jumps up. Probably because it worked. But to bring in Trader Jack. And this is, I know, a million How years How
0: old ago. was he? 75 at Something the time? Like
1: in the 70s, yeah. And it just clicked. It was a veteran yeah. team. They had gone out and spent. It was it Wayne Heisinga was the owner at the time? Was he?
0: And the owner, of, I'm not sure when he, yeah, he probably did.
1: All the blockbuster money. Yeah, He got out at the right time, didn't
0: he? So who would you bring back? Who, who, is, who is Trader Jack? I mean, Tom <sighs> Kelly's too old. Is he? I mean I'd love to have him back in the How game. How old is
1: Tom Kelly? Tom Kelly's great. gotta be. Tom, Tom Kelly Kelly's like he gotta was 70 be seventy when he was forty two. No,
0: he's he's probably seventy seven, seventy eight.
1: He's seventy two. Is that all he is? He's seventy two. So he's not too old. Well and that's the crazy thing too, is when he took over for the twins, as he uh took over for Ray Miller, he was super young, but he just looked so old at the time. Mm-hmm. He was in his forties. I'll never forget
0: 1987 when the, and neither will you. Nope, you were a young kid at the time. But when they won the World Series and the place is going bananas, and they cut to the dugout, the Twins dugout, and Kelly had left his seat. He had his leg crossed over his other leg, his arms crossed, not no expression on his face, and just soaking it in. Didn't I mean? Didn't even get up. Yeah. Just won the World Series and just sat there stoically. What about Gardenhire? He's not in the game. Uh, You don't like Gardy? No.
1: If we're going to do this, if we're going to bring back somebody away. What about a a two-for-one? Because Gardenhire was on Kelly's staff. He was, absolutely. And, of course, was the heir apparent after Tom Kelly walked away. I want to see Tom Kelly back. Maybe. I mean, at this
0: point. This team is in first place. This team is too good to be playing this Poorly as yes. they are, uh, and they're going to get run down by somebody in that division. Mm-hmm. They are. I don't think it's Cleveland. I still think it's the. I still think it's more likely Chicago. Maybe Detroit. Why don't you like Cleveland? I just. I just lack of offense. Yeah, that. Uh, they've already started to wave. I mean, Bieber's available.
1: Yeah, and then that, that's the other piece here, right? Is every one of the five teams in this division, they're all in comparison to the rest of baseball cash-strapped, right?
0: They'll have Probably limitations. Probably so, yeah.
1: It's not, it's not a Well, division. the Twins
0: in their television contract yeah, we'll part see how of it. That, yeah.
1: How that pans out for them. They are all teams, though, of similar. Oh, look, and that's why it's a fun division, is the Royals, if you do it right and you break it down and you build it back up, you're going to have a chance. And every one of the teams have to go through that. The Yankees don't have to go through that. I mean, they had that no. mini lull, but it was a year and a half mm-hmm. that they went through. Red Sox, same kind of thing. But they had some downtimes, though. They, 80s they and had, 90s were not good for them. But in this environment, all five of these teams are very similar. You got to break it down and build uh-huh. it back up. And you hope you hit on the right guys and you mm-hmm. draft right and you get the right free agents. And, and that's the way that it goes. But at this point in this division, and I like Rocco, I like listening to him. I think he is a smart guy. Yeah. But it's just not clicking with this. Team. Something needs
0: to be done. Something needs to be done uh, in in Queens or in Flushing, wherever they play yeah. with the Mets. That team's a disaster. Um, so I want to go back to, to not necessarily to the play at the plate, but to my love for Steve Stone. Okay, because the play at the plate should have never happened, and Steve Stone at the time said it. Not not in hindsight that he said it, but when the. Um, when Chicago scored the two runs to tie the game. They were trailing, what was it? They're trailing 6-4 and and um, and scored two runs um, to, to to tie the game at 6 apiece. Well, Andrew singled. Elvis Andrews singled and took second on the throw home. And Stone said right at the time the center fielder or the right fielder rather, because it was right field, should have never tried to get the runner at home. He had no chance. The play should have gone to second base. Mm-hmm. And that that comment just kind of lingered out there, but briefly. Because then what we saw the collision at the plate. Uh, Andrews is it was a bang bang play. It was close. Um, And I understand why the White Sox would challenge it, Mm -hmm. but they got lucky on the challenge because he was still out, but they ruled that there was catcher interference. I don't think there was. I don't think there was. I didn't see it They gave him, there there was a path, and he took the path. I mean, Mm -hmm. Elvis took the path to the plate, uh, Andrews did, that was available. But Steve Stone was right on the money in advance of that, saying, look at this, um, they should have never thrown home. The ball should have gone to second base. And lo and behold, what happens? The very next player, right? Very next player. Uh, this happens So um, He's so good Steve Stone is so good Bochi afterwards
1: For that call to be made I'm that. dumbfounded yeah. It's absolutely One of the worst calls I've ever seen And it was done by replay yeah. The thing I love also About baseball managers And just coaches in general I mean the hyperbole Is that really the worst call You've ever seen Probably not
0: seen a lot of baseball Yeah yeah, you've seen a lot is that of baseball. The
1: worst call you've ever seen? It was bad. It, it was a bad. It, one. it
0: was bad, and I loved it because he left the dugout and he knew yeah. as soon as he took that step that he was going to get tossed. As soon as he brought it up, because you can't do it. You know, you know as soon as you start challenging a replay, you're, it's an automatic toss. Um, and he was tossed, and he took his medicine, and White Sox won. But they needed that win. Bochy it, ejected for
1: the 80th time in his
0: career. Is that what it's been? Yeah. Jeez, is that a hell of a run? Yes. A bunch has. of World Series rings, and he's got this team playing very well. We'll talk Big Twelve uh, football. Big Twelve. Expansion? Maybe? Are you've we been
1: telling us for months that Colorado's happening? I think it is.
0: Then I think it's not. Then I think it is. Now I saw twenty two and a half million dollars was the report yesterday from the one guy that I've trusted through this whole thing, the guy that covers Arizona, the Arizona Wildcats, Jason Shear, yep. I believe is yep. his name. Uh and I reached out to him, tried to get him on, he doesn't respond. <laughs> and I okay, yeah. I get it. Not everybody checks. No,
1: I get it. Um DMs anymore. It's just all ladies trying to get your number. Well, you, I, you get that nonstop? I, I don't
0: have a DM. My DMs aren't open now. Oh, they're not?
1: That, that's the envelope thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't have that. You don't. Um, I don't have that.
0: Well, I probably do. I just, you do. You send me things have. in it from
1: time to time. Yeah, well, because we follow each other. Right. So you don't have to follow each other to, to send no, a you DM? See, they, right now I have five message requests. And what are is, they? <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, you look hot. No, come wanna on. Want to meet up. Yes. Are you kidding me? Oh, no, it's all kinds of garbage. It's all just Seriously. It's like, it's like going through your junk email at this point in time. I mean, that's what it is. It's, it's all like blue pill link. stuff
0: for me in the junk
1: email. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, our demographics are still a little bit different. I'm you there, you seriously get that? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's, since Elon took over, there's a lot more of that garbage is that coming a fact? through. Oh, yeah.
0: A ton of it. I had no idea. Big, tw- I really didn't. Big 12 conversation next. It's Miller and Condon. Ken's on- going to check his DMs. No, I'm not. No, no, no. I'm never opening that thing. Uh, it's Des Moines Sports. Well, maybe it's 106. 106- Into the game.
1: Now back to
0: Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, welcome back. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, about 25 minutes before noon. Uh, we take you until, uh, one o'clock. Coming up in hour number two, Rob Doster, field of 68, and David Kaplan will head to Chicago ESPN 1000, uh, for the Capman. Right now, Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports joins us as we talk a little Big 12 as we inch our way to college football season. Uh, Pete, uh, Trenton Cannon, Des Moines, thank you again for finding time for us. We certainly appreciate it. Um, I just want to start with you with, with your mark and try to, uh, see if you've been able to read the tea leaves, or how, how, how much you spend time you're spending trying to do so. I can't figure them out. Yeah. I wish I could. I've enjoyed the enjoyed the exercise. It's been fruitful at this point. Um, but um, where do you think your mark's going? What's he up to?
2: Well, I think that he is um, less powerful right now than a lot of us want to believe that he is, uh, because he is playing a waiting game that we are all playing. Basically, um, waiting for Pac-12 teams to determine whether or not uh, they feel their media deal that they will be likely getting in front of them in the next couple of weeks is sufficient to remain in the Pac-12. I, I mean, that's that's what I keep hearing from my Big 12 sources. I mean, everyone's got all these crazy things of your mark's doing this, he's doing this, and I don't deny that he's doing things to try to plan his next move. We know he wants to expand, but in the end. He is an innocent bystander because what he can't control is whether or not the Pac 12 gets a decent TV deal in front of them. And that makes it worth the time of these teams, notably Colorado and maybe Arizona, to stay. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And if they decide to stay for whatever reason, then um, that will mean that your Mark's going to have to go somewhere else for his expansion if he wants to do it right now. Or he can wait a little bit and see what the next couple of years bring, and that's that's what I think he's doing. He's got multiple contingency plans uh, based on what could be happening here in the next two three weeks when it comes to uh, a Pac-12 TV deal.
1: I'm a huge proponent of waiting for most everybody, and Ken mentioned writer uh, down in Arizona throughout 22 million dollars a year for the new Pac-12 deal. 31, obviously, with the Big 12 and what they're going to get TV wise, you know that nine million dollar gap, but in a reduced Pac-12 with 10 teams remaining and probably two additions in SMU and San Diego State, you can get into the college football playoff in that league a whole lot easier than a 16-18-20 team Big 12, I would think. And the same thing on the other side for the Big 12 perspective. Hey, the way that we set, the way that our 12 is going to look going forward, the path, a whole lot easier to get in with the 12-team leagues as opposed to 16. I think wait and see makes more sense than maybe a lot of people out there want right now. What do you think of that, Pete?
2: Well, I, I think you're right, Trent. If it was just about um, winning games and getting into the playoff, and yes, there's obviously monetary advantages to getting to the playoff. But let's be honest, for any of these teams, I mean, if they get to one playoff every decade, that's a huge deal. Now, you're right, mm-hmm. there will be a guaranteed spot in the expanded playoff for each conference winner. But the other six, the at-larges, um, you know, gosh, I mean, I hate saying this as a Big 12 guy, but if the Big 12 gets one at-large along with a conference champion every year, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know that this thing, when it comes to the at-large picks by the committee, are going to be heavily biased and in favor of SEC teams. That's just, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if out of 12-team playoffs every year, you know, we're talking five SEC teams. I just think that that's how it's going to end up breaking down. So I think it's kind of inconsequential because, yes, an Arizona may have a better chance to win the Pac-12 than the Big 12 if they stay. But Arizona's chances of winning the Pac-12 are so low right now anyway because the football program is such hot garbage. It really doesn't matter. So now it's like, all right, does it make more sense to take the extra $9 million a year uh, I don't think any of these schools that we're talking about uh, have fantasies of, of winning conference titles immediately. Maybe Colorado because of Dion, I guess. Mm-hmm. But even in that case, I think that um, it might be easier to win the Pac-12, but it's not like Pac-12 to Big 12 is going to be Pac-12 to SEC. Um, if you think you can compete and win a Pac-12 title, I believe that should be a team that should be able to compete near the top of the Big 12 as well.
0: Uh, Pete Mondo, Heartland College Sports is our guest. Uh, any more on this, Trent? You want to get to the here and now? Pete, um, we're trying to figure it out like everybody else at this uh, at this juncture, right? And we'll be proven wrong, but um, we'll kill segments along the way to, before we get to actual week one of, of college football. Uh, it sure seems to me like there's a lot of love, and I understand it, because I'm there too, uh, with K-State and the job that Kleiman is doing. I get the Texas is always going to be in the conversation. Can K-State be this year's TCU?
2: By the way, I'm happy to come on and kill segments anytime you need me. <laughs> Thank you. Just let me know. Um, uh, you know, can K State be this year's TCU? Uh, no, because K State will not have the lack of preseason hype that TCU had last year. Mm, TCU yeah, wasn't good even point. in the top 25. Excellent point. K State is going to be picked by many, including myself, to win the Big 12 most likely. So, uh, I, I. But to your point of whether or not they can make a college football playoff. Uh, I think what makes this year so unique for the Big 12, to answer the question, I don't think so, uh, is that for the first time in almost 10 years, if not probably more than 10 years, if I'm doing my math right, the Big 12 will not have round robins. I mean, I kind of liked it the last 10 years where you knew, okay, if you're Iowa State, um, you know, last year if you had TCU at home, this year you got TCU away. Your schedule was always the same. You just flipped home and away every other year. Now you really have to dig into the schedules and say who has an easier path, who has a tougher path. Um, And that was really never the case in the Big 12 because it was just a true round-robin, nine conference games, ten teams, round-robin schedule, just flipping home and away every year. So with how I think topsy-turvy the Big 12 is going to be, I think it's going to be the most exciting league in the country, but I have a very difficult time seeing any of these teams end up in a college football playoff, Uh, never mind a K-State, who as good as I think they're going to be with, I believe, the best quarterback in the conference right now in Will Howard. uh, They're going to be due at some point for a clunker. I mean, most teams are, unless you just hit that, that lightning in a bottle that TCU hits last year. And even in the best of years, most teams don't get that kind of magic, whether it's the end of the Baylor game. Um, you know, with a crazy ending, running on the field, hitting the field goal. I mean, you can't predict that stuff. So I can't say that for for Case State this year.
1: We see a year ago, Joey McGuire hit the ground running. Impressive mm-hmm. year. They finish over five hundred in conference play. They go eight and five, beat Ole Miss in a bowl game. They've recruited incredibly well with his connections to the high school scene in the state of Texas. Are they ready to take another step in year number two? Do you see? where a lot of people this is kind of that buzz team that under the radar team do you see another step forward for texas tech in 2023
2: yes i do i think that Joe mcguire is uh doing what hasn't been done there in a very long time and that is putting the pieces together that texas tech should be able to recruit they finally are able to recruit and they're getting back Uh, to recruiting a lot of those guys. And I think you have a guy who's got a clear connection to Texas in many ways, like the anti-Matt Wells. (laughs) Uh, He's a Texas guy through and through. And we're going to learn a lot about this team early when they play Oregon. Um, I think it's week two of the season they take on the Oregon Ducks, and that is Tyler Shuck's former team, the quarterback. So that's a very interesting storyline. But, um, you know, the good thing for Tech is their schedule out of the gates is relatively easy. Um, they start off Big 12 play with West Virginia, who is probably the worst team in the league right now. Uh, Houston, and I think Dana Holgerson, is always bound for disappointment. <laughs> and then Baylor, and I'm not quite sure what Baylor is, uh, before you have a huge showdown with K-State in the middle of October. So I, like I see that K-State-Texas Tech matchup in mid-October being the kind of game that can go a long way to deciding at least one half of who plays for a big 12 title
0: of the four newcomers this year, who has the, uh, most success in year one,
2: uh, UCF. I, I think that they are poised What Gus Malzahn is quietly mm-hmm. and effectively done down there is, is have a bunch of guys who, okay, fine. They may not have been cru- recruited by Florida or Florida state, but man, I mean, you, you just end up on a street corner in parts of Florida and you've got half a dozen four-star guys staring <laughs> you in the face. Right. So, you get a couple of those guys, and you—you you, as I mean Iowa State fans know darn well—you um, build them up, you develop them, uh, and they're already four-star dudes. Uh, UCF, I think, is going to walk in here, and I'm not predicting any conference titles or anything, but uh, they have the best chance to make the most immediate noise in the Big 12. And uh, frankly, I don't think it's all that close. Yeah. Um, when you look around the other four, I mean, Cincinnati losing Luke fickle is a huge loss and it's really disappointing because I was excited for him to come in. But from what I heard, Luke fickle wanted no part of transitioning this program. And, uh, he got a big 10 job. Dana Holgerson, as I noted, I think kind of ran away from the big 12 and kind of wanted to go an easier route. And now he's like, crap, I'm back here again. And, um, you know, BYU now BYU always has a lot of older guys. (laughs) They're men. They're not, Teenagers—they're not boys coming into a program. They're often under-herald and um, you know maybe overlooked. And I-, I wouldn't put it past BYU to probably win some games they shouldn't, especially at home. That's a tough road environment. Ask Baylor about that non-conference game last year. But I still think there's a ways to go for BYU just to be uh, solidified as a top-tier Big 12 program.
1: And Reese Plumley with uh, Central Florida is a hell of a player. Yeah, he is great Good quarterback. Call. Yep. Let's uh, absolutely jump to the local front here in Iowa State. Pete, I know you've heard the same rumblings that we have about the investigation on the gambling side. From what we continue to hear, it's some pretty significant names for Iowa State football. Is it just wait-and-see mode for them? I mean, can you, without knowing the details and what this is going to be with the gambling investigation, can you really have any kind of take on this Iowa State football
2: team? You know, I, I mean, I, I you guys have obviously heard more on this than I have. I've heard the rumblings, you know, heard some of them. Um, rumored names out there. Um, I, you know, it wouldn't be good for Iowa State, certainly. Uh, it's a team that I don't think there's a lot of margin for. Her. I nope. mean, let's be honest. They, they lose close games. They win close games. Um, that's what they do. That's how the program's been built. And I don't see that really changing. And, you know, if you're Matt Campbell and you're trying to turn around a team that finished last in the Big 12 last year, this is the last thing you need. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the last thing you want to have to deal with. It's obviously, you know, not Matt Campbell's way of wanting to deal with running a program. He's had some other off-season issues uh, this year as well with guys who, you know, weren't on the depth chart. But there have been off-field issues this year for Iowa State, and it's very un-Matt Campbell-like. So this is a fascinating year for Iowa State because, you know, they're three years removed from that team that got to a Big Twelve championship game and that group of guys that helped this program become what it is. But if you have another year where they finish last or Basically, in the bottom of the Big Twelve, um, you know, people wonder: uh, Did Campbell overstay his welcome? Mm-hmm. Did he miss an opportunity for himself? What's going on? I I don't question Matt Campbell at Iowa State. Let me be very clear, and I don't think anybody should. But you have a second year after you know 2020, and then the 2021 letdown. Let's not forget, a lot of those guys came back: Brees Hall, Brock Purdy. That team did not come close to expectations. Um, and then last year. That would be three years in a row of of coming in below expectations, and it's at least fair to say, okay, where are things going wrong? What do we need to do to get back to where we were of at least being a solid bowl team in what felt like every year? I think that's where Iowa State should be. Iowa State football should be a team that is a year-in, year-out bowl team, and then every class, let's say every four years, they pop and they can compete for a Big 12 title. That's what I believe the Iowa State expectation should be. I think Matt Campbell can do that, but I think there are a lot of question marks for this team going into uh, the season.
1: Final thing for you, Pete, talking with Pete Mundo with Heartland College Sports. You, of course, have the website, along with your stable of writers. We talked to Matt Postens and Eric Duke a lot throughout the course of the year. Also have the podcast. I listen to that, and always great Big 12 content. And also a radio show that's syndicated across the Midwest. So Fill us in a little bit more, and... Well, maybe letting a cat out of a bag here, but maybe a possibility of hearing it up here in Iowa. But tell us a little bit about the radio show.
2: Yeah. Uh, we, you know, for a lot of folks who uh, consume our content online, uh podcast video written stuff, uh, we do do a, a weekly uh, radio show that we have radio affiliates that carry the show in uh, Oklahoma, in Texas, um, Kansas, uh, here in Kansas city where I am. Uh, they carry it down here as well. So We've been long looking for a radio affiliate, um, up there in Iowa. And I am hopeful uh, that, you know, we can find a match there, uh, with you guys and, and get this show that does everything from just not just depending on the Big 12, but talking to the biggest, uh, guests in the Big 12. We've got Jamie Pollard, who's going to be on our show, uh, here in the weeks ahead. We had Travis Goff, the KUAD on the show. So yes, we talk about the Big 12 on the field, especially in the season, but we talk about the branding the business side the marketing side the future of this league as well with some of the biggest power players um, off the field as well so uh, we've gotten good feedback on this and um, hopefully we'll be able to talk a little bit more about this in the weeks ahead and we'll be a fit up there with you guys in Des Moines
0: Uh, it's music to our ears Mm -hmm. certainly a place for it Pete Mundo Heartland College Sports Pete thank you as always for coming on I truly appreciate it Pete thank you
2: you bet, fellas. Talk to
0: you later. Yeah, good to talk to you. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports. Uh, sounds like something's in the works, Gondon. Right well, Maybe connecting some people together to That'd make be that the, happen. Well done. Well done. Um, you know, it's it dawned on me that, um, and I don't know who this would be up to, maybe it's a Brian Arilco thing with the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. Iowa State should be off the board. With their win total.
1: Yes. They should be off the board. You should not be able to bet on Iowa State right now. I had another free bet after a same-game parlay didn't come in on DraftKings, and what did I use that free bet on? Yeah, bet under against Iowa State. Trent, they they won one game in conference
0: last year. They're
1: not going to be as good this year as they were last year. They lost their first NFL first-round draft pick in 50 years. Mm -hmm. Defense is going to be good. Yep. Hickok's really good. Yes. They got pieces. Yep. I love that defensive backfield. Yep. They got dudes back there. Yep. Yep, I agree. TJ Tampa. Uh-huh. Frailer. Yep. They got dudes. I agree. And they got a great defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. However, offense and what we continue to hear. No trend. They don't have a quarterback. No quarterback. Question a running back. No, Your they're not going to have their starting play. running back. He's not going to play. If it plays out, what we continue I to hear, just, I just—I don't know why we're just pussyfooting
0: around it. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. We should just come out and say what we know. Somebody's got to do this. Take the damn thing off the board. You should not be able to bet on Iowa State win total right now
1: until we know definitively. And that's what I asked Pete. What? How can you have any kind of take with this lingering over this program with the roster and. In- Almost intact last
0: year. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know Jirel Brock was hurt for a good portion of it. They won one game in conference last year. They're not going to be better. This team is going to finish far back and well beaten. 3-9? and At best! 2-10? and I said it when you were gone last week. Trent, it's it's not easy to say because no one wants this. Mm -hmm. It's way better for business when Iowa State is good. And the numbers reflect it because you know what? Cyclone fans turn off. Yeah. They do. Mm-hmm. They'd rather. Just, they don't want to hear they about. about They're the not stuff. playing well. Right. Yes. Um, I'll turn it on again when basketball starts. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an awful year in Ames football-wise. Awful with a capital A. And wait till it hits the fan. This is going to be a ten out of ten reverberating story. Yes. It. It really is. If the names that no, we can No. 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 If it's the, it's the names. It's the names. It's the names. It's the names. Why can't we say the names? Everybody
1: knows who they are, right? Because if one of them's wrong, I guess but you know. What, you know what will happen, but yeah, you, know, you don't want to drag a kid's um, name through the mud. I know. I if get they, it.
0: Trent, we would have been corrected by now. The story. This story hit the fan when we were in Vegas in mm-hmm. early May. Man. That's been six, seven weeks ago. And here we are. And it's still out there. You should not be able to bet on Iowa State over under. And I don't know. I mean, it's the books ultimately.
1: I think they're going to get clobbered. I would think so. But Uh, yet, that five and a half number that's at DraftKings, the under plus juice keeps going up. I don't get it. It was plus 110 initially. Yeah. It was plus 130. When I fired again today, it was Mm -hmm. plus 135 on the under. Mm -hmm. They know something we don't. No, they don't.
0: We we know something they don't, which is a rarity. It is. I'll come back, finish up our number one. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. E-E. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller here until 1...
1: Uh, Murphy and Andy, although Andy's fishing. He is fishing. Uh, still fishing? Yes. He's going to be him. there all week.
0: Uh, don't, don't blame him. So
1: it's Murphy and Andrew. Murphy and Andrew. <laughs> Out at the ballpark.
0: God. Oh, Yeah, nice they're at Principal them. Park. And nice for them. So a day game, a day game at the Principal Park has got to be getting underway momentarily, right? 1208, uh, I think, his first pitch? Yeah, 1208. Uh, good stuff. All right. Um, speaking of first pitch, uh, Marcus Stroman, the first pitch last night in the game for the Cubs. Why, why do. Um, Are they reluctant to re up him? Training pitching is you know what off. And as good as he is as a pitcher, he's really good. I mean, with the glove in his hand, this is a gold glove winning pitcher year after year. He's thirty two. Uh
1: huh. He's five foot seven. Right, but he's always been five foot seven. (laughs) Yes, he has. And he's put together one hell of a career. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I'm not saying he's the one, but he's a
0: two on most teams. They've got a guy that he and he wants to be there. Right. What does he want? Uh Cappy said three years. I, what did he say last week? You were gone last 330? week. 330? 3 for 30? Uh, th- something in that range. Yes. Done. I agree with you. Do it. He's pitching his you know what off. I mean, he's, he's got uh, how many? Um, uh,
1: what, what's the record? Seven game winning streak. He's yeah. nine and four. Yeah. His ERA is at 2.28. How many quality starts? Oh, Most of them? It, yeah. That's hard to find in today's game. Yes, yes, it is. Let's see this year. He has made 16 starts. Uh, do they have quality starts in here? I would, off the top of my head... 11? I, I was thinking 12. Okay. That sounds like an ace to me. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of that, quality starts just reminded me. I uh, saw this yesterday. Nolan Ryan in his career... Oh, boy. ...had 198 non-quality, non-win ninety-eight non-quality, quality starts. So 198. 198. He went 0 and 107 in those starts with an ERA. Of two point two seven and nine point seven seven, it was different back Cusper. then. Trent,
0: <laughs> God, he was something.
1: A two point two seven ERA mm, in mm, his mm. non-win quality starts mm. that he had in his career. Do you remember his first? You don't.
0: You weren't even thought of at the time. No, the sixty-nine Mets he was part of that staff. Wild youngster as hell, right? on that stuff. Yeah, he was. Uh, but boy, oh boy, oh the uh, and Mets, and here's Nolan Ryan as a I think he was a, I think it was his rookie season, 69 with the Mets. Anyways, uh more baseball conversation and other stuff with Cappy coming up. I'll ask Cappy the Stroman question about 1230. Good talk college basketball with Rob Doster from the field of 68. I'm anxious to have to, to discuss college hoops with Doster. 14 quality starts. 14 to Brett of Ridge them for
1: that. Yes.
0: More than I thought. Hour two, Miller and Condon next. 106.3 KXNO.